Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. p.m. on Sunday, January 14th, 2018. Good evening, everyone. This is Mr. WCWS Chad Hintel of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. As we do each and every night since Sunday evening here on the radio network, we, of course, will be bringing you our weekly promo for all of our shows here for the coming week. Plus, we'll be bringing you, uh, of course, today here in Rights and History, plus also a few little news tidbits. So let's not waste any time here, folks. Let's go ahead and get things rocking and rolling right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, as we look through our wrestling history, which is set for today, January the 14th. <clears throat> 26 years ago today, which would put it at, let me see, yes, 1992, at a WCW Worldwide taping in Marietta, Georgia, Arn Anderson defeated the Z-Man to win the WCW World TV Championship. 17 years ago today, we put it at the year 2001, WCW presented Sin from the Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. 6,617 were in attendance with 80,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. The show was originally thought to be the first pay-per-view of the Fusion Media Ventures era, the company that agreed in principle to buy WCW three days before. It just so happened the sale came on the day of the AOL Time Warner merger. During the due diligence period, originally thought to be 45 days, new Turner programming president Jamie Kellner pulls the rug out from under them and cancels all WCW programming. With no television to promote future events, WCW became virtually worthless almost overnight. Fusion pulls out from the deal and with no TV feature on the horizon, and WCW a huge money loser despite performing well compared to most cable shows, WCW folds up shop when the WWF buys them out two months later. As for the show, it's the most bought WCW event since Bash the Beach the previous summer. It's also down 35,000 homes from the event that it replaced, sold out, in the year 2000. Here is the match that took place at WCW Sin back in 2001. Chavo Guerrero defeated Shane Helms to retain the Cruiserweight title. Reno defeated Big Vito. The Young Dragons, Yun Yang and Kaz Hayashi, defeated Evan Courageous and Jamie Noble. 
Ernest Miller defeated Mike Sanders. Team Canada, Lance Storm, Mike Austin, and Elix Skipper defeated the Filthy Animals, Conan, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Billy Kidman in a six-man penalty box match. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the special referee. Ming defeated Terry Funk and Crowbar in a three-way match to win the WCW Hardcore title. The Natural Born Thrillers, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, defeated the Insiders, Kevin Nash and DDP, to win the WCW World Tag Team titles. Shane Douglas defeated General Erection in a First Blood Chain match to win the WCW United States title. Totally buffed, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell defeated Goldberg and Sergeant Dwayne Bruce in a no-DQ match. Per pre-match stipulations, Goldberg was fired from WCW. Scott Steiner defeated Jeff Jarrett, Sid Vicious, and Animal in a four-corners match to retain the WCW World Heavyweight title. The bout went to a quick finish after Sid went off the second rope for a big boot and broke his leg in two places. The injury was not shown live as they were cut to a backstage segment where the mystery man entered the bout, that man being Road Warrior Animal. For some particular reason, WCW airs footage of the injury the next night on Nitro, which is why footage of the injury exists in the first place. Sid, who briefly considered retirement, would sue WCW for lost wages and damages in relation to the injury. Sid claimed he was asked to perform the move against his will, and when he got hurt, his salary was cut. In the end, Sid lost. WCW claimed they had full rights to air the footage, as well as Sid was paid through a disability insurance policy. The decision was held up on appeal in 2005. <clears throat> Fifteen years ago today, put it at 2003, WWF presented the Raw 10th anniversary from Times Square in New York City. The show doubled as a retrospective of Raw's first decade and also as an award show, with eight awards given out. In addition, there was a treatment to wrestlers that had died during the period, including the giant, Joey Morella, Brian Pillman, Rick Rude, Omar, Gorilla Monsoon, Yokozuna, and the British Bulldog. Excuse me. As you might do it, step away for just one second. I'll be right back to finish the wrestling history. Please stand by and listen to our opening theme, which is the wrestling theme to WCW wrestler Scotty Riggs.
don't forgive me the the interruption there. I had to take care of a couple of things, but we're back on now. <clears throat> we talk about what happened in 2003. Uh, WMF presented uh, Raw 10th anniversary from Times Square in New York City, just to repeat what I mentioned before. The show doubled as a retrospective of Raw's first decade and also as an award and also as an award show, with eight awards given out. In addition, there was a tribute segment to wrestlers who had died during this period, including Andre the Giant, Joey Morella, Brian Pillman, Rick Rude, Owen Hart, Gorilla Monsoon, Yokozuna, and the British Bulldog. And here are the awards that were given out. Raw Diva of the Decade went to Trish Stratus. Don't try this at home. Went to Kurt Angle's moonsault off the cage. Tell me, I did the. Tell me, I did not just see that award. Went to Mick Foley's me, myself, and Cactus Jack. Give me the Mike award. Went to The Rock for The Rock says, "Shut up and kiss me." Award went to Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Network difficulties went to Mae Young for giving birth to a hand. Raw superstar of the decade went to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Raw match of the decade was TLC4, pitting Spike Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley versus RVD and Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho and Christian and Kane and the Hur- and also against Kane and the Hurricane. The show also counted down the top 10 moments in Raw history as selected by an online viewer poll. Not surprisingly, nine of the 10 moments are from the memorable Attitude Era. And here are the mo- and here are those. Um, Top ten moments in Raw history that was that was talked about on that e- on that evening. Number ten was Rock. This is your life from September 27, 1999. Number nine was the Stone Cold Steve Austin mock funeral from April 19, 1999. Number eight, Shane McMahon buys WCW from, of course, March 26, 2001. Number seven, Mr. Sacco and Dr. Austin, also known as Bedpan McMahon, from October 5, 1999. Number six, DX parodies The Nation of Domination from July 6, 1998. Number five, Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin, January 19, 1998. Number three, The Rock challenges Hollywood Hogan to a match at WrestleMania from February 18, 2002. Number two, Raw is Owen, May 24, 1999. And number one was the Stone Cold Beer Bath from March 22, 1999. Twelve years ago today, we put it at 2006 in Philadelphia. Brian Danielson, of course you know him, Daniel Bryan, defeated Homicide and Roderick Strong in a three-way match to win the FIP championship. On the same night, he defeated Chris Hero to retain the Ring of Honor World Championship. Eleven years ago today, I put it at 2007, TNA presented final resolution from the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando in the match that took place at that pay-per-view. In a pre-show dark match, Jason and Johnny Riggs defeated Serotonin, Kazarian, and Havoc. In another pre-show dark match, Lance Hoyt defeated Chase Stevens. Rhino defeated AJ Styles in the last man standing match. Chris Saban defeated Christopher Daniels and Jerry Lynn in a three-way match to win the NWA X Division Championship. Alex Shelley defeated Austin Starr to win the Paparazzi Championship Series. James Storm defeated Petey Williams. The Latin American Exchange, Homicide and Hernandez, defeated Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon, by DQ to retain the NWA World Tag Team titles.
Kurt Angle defeated Samoa Joe three to two in a thirty-minute Ironman match. The first three falls, three falls all came by submission, with Samoa Joe getting the lead. Then Angle scoring consecutive falls. Joe tied it up with 7:41 left. Angle took the lead again with 5:19 and held on for the win. And also, Christian Cage defeated Abyss and Sting in a three-way elimination match to win the NWA Heavyweight Title. Cage would be the last NWA World Champion under the TNA banner, as the NWA would cut ties with TNA that summer. Nine years ago today, put at 2009, WWE releases a few notable names, including referee Mickey Henson, Tough Enough Three winner Matt Capitelli, and Hayde Vanson. Capitelli was diagnosed with a grade 2-3 astrocytoma, or brain cancer, less than a month after he won the OVW heavyweight title. Capitelli was among those on deck to be called to the main roster at the time. Matt would have, would, have had, would have the tumor removed in 07 and make a full recovery. The day he runs the, as of, as of 2017, he was running the beginner's program for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Hayde Vanson made a single appearance for the WWE, cutting a vignette promo on The Undertaker. The angle was abruptly ended when Vincent Mann decided not to trust the new talent with such a major angle. Kevin Fertig, who was Mordecai and Kevin Thorne, was to be associated with the angle. He was released a few days earlier. Six years ago, we put it at 2012, the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia holds what was originally its final wrestling event ever, wrestling event after it was taken over by new management. A boxing card was to be the final event held in the building. Originally pegged for renovations, the venue would reopen in 2013 when the proposed renovations never happened. The renovations were finally completed in 2014 and currently seats 2,300 people. The 2,300 arena known as the world's famous, most famous bingo hall is still running events to this day. The building will host a box, did hold a boxing card later that month, an MMA event and Philly Fashion Week the following month, and two more wrestling events went on last April. Five years ago today, we put it at 2013, Raw presented its 20th anniversary special from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Here are the matches that took place then. Wade Barrett defeated Randy Orton. Kane defeated Damian Sandown. Kalen defeated Eve to win the Divas title. That would be the last for the 2007 Divas search winner. Eve Torres cited burnout and wanted, wanted to spend more time with her fiancé and work on her own self-defense program. CM Punk would defeat Brodus Clay. 3MB, Heath Slater, Drew McIntyre, and Jinder Mahal defeated Sheamus in a handicap over-the-top rope challenge. Daniel Bryan defeated Cody Rhodes, and John Cena defeated Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage match. Four years ago, we put it at 2014, Sadly, we lost Johnny Mae Young as she died of natural causes in her home in Columbia, South Carolina, just days after her death was initially erroneously reported. She was 90 years old. Born March 12, 1923 in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, Johnny Mae was the youngest of eight children in a single mother household. Her mother, Lily Mae's partner, left to find work and never returned. In high school, with the help of teaching from her brothers, she wrestled for the high school boys wrestling team. While still in high school, Young went to, to a professional wrestling show in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
and challenged then champion Mildred Burke. As she was told by promoters she couldn't wrestle the champion, she challenged Mildred's opponent for the evening, Gladys Gilliam, to a shoot fight. May quickly won. They got May in the door with promoter Billy Wolf, and May would leave home two years later to become a pro wrestler. When May Young began wrestling professionally, depends on who's telling the story, May claimed at different points in her life to, to, to begin wrestling in 1939 and 1940. Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer believes her career began in 1941, as there are no written records of May wrestling prior to that year. That year, Young and Mildred Burke wrestled for famed Canadian promoter Stu Hart. On December 7th, the day of the Pearl Harbor bombing, May was wrestling in Memphis. With many men also fight during World War II, May used this as an opportunity to expand women's wrestling. Fighting occasionally as the Queen and the Great May Young, but usually under her real name, Young would find success all over the world, becoming the NWA's first Florida Women's Champion in 1951 and the first NWA United States Women's Champion in 1968. In 1956, Young was a part of a battle royal to determine the new NWA World Women's Champion. The battle royal would be won by her friend and future protege, Lillian Ellison, of course also known as the Fabulous Moolah. In 1991, the 68-year-old Young quit the wrestling business and moved to California to care for her alien mother. After briefly taking on a lifestyle as a Christian evangelist, she moved in with the fabulous Moolah and fellow women's wrestler Katie Glass in Columbia, South Carolina. The arrangement lasted until Moolah's death in November of 2007. September 1999, Young made her WWF debut at the ripe age of 76 when she was seated with the fabulous Moolah. Jeff Jarrett invited Moolah to the ring and smashed a guitar over her head. When May tried to come to Moolah's aid, she wound up in the figure four. Young and Mula would become regulars on WWF programming, usually providing comic relief and occasionally competing in tag team bouts. Her most notable moments in the WWF came in 2000. First at the Royal Rumble, she removed her top during a bikini contest, though it was thought that she got naked, she was wearing a prosthesis. Around that time, she began a May to December romance with Mark Henry. In March, Young would be powerbombed by Bubba Ray Dudley on consecutive episodes of Rawls War. The second one, where Young was bound to a wheelchair before being powerbombed off, powerbombed off the stage, is often described as the most famous or infamous powerbomb in WWE history. The true story was May chastised Bubba backstage for holding back on the second powerbomb. She gave birth prematurely to a rubber hand. Young would make occasional appearances, usually to Fabulous Moolah, over the next few years. Like in 2002, where she helped Moolah promote her autobiography, The Fabulous Moolah, First Goddess of the Squared Circle. In 2003, where she performed a Bronco Buster on Eric Bischoff, and a backstage segment at SummerSlam 2007, just before Moolah's death. In 2008, May was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by Pat Patterson. Four years later, she would join the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. In November 2010, on an old-school edition of Raw, Young defeated Lay Cool in a false count anywhere handicap match, making Young the first person to ever wrestle past her 80th birthday and the person to wrestle in nine different decades. In a rare bit of continuity, Young in 2012 showed up with a man dressed in a giant hand costume. The man claimed to be Mark Henry's son, born from the infamous 2000 storyline. 
They continued to make occasional appearances until March 4, 2013, on another old-school Raw, where a fellow wrestler celebrated her 90th birthday. Backstage, Young was presented with a personalized WWE Divas Championship belt. On New Year's Eve 2013, Young was reported to have been hospitalized and in poor health. The Charleston Post and Courier erroneously reported her death on January 9, 2014, but sadly she would die five days later of natural causes in her home in Columbia, South Carolina. She was, like I said, 90 years old. Her cremated remains were scattered at Greenlaw Memorial Park, the same cemetery her longtime friend, the fabulous Moolah, was buried. Three years ago today, I put it at 2015, charges against Kevin Nash for assaulting his 18-year-old son, Kristen, in the Volusia County, Florida home, were dropped. The assault occurred back on Christmas Eve when a verbal altercation between the two over Kristen's relationship turned violent. Police say alcohol may have been a factor in the altercation. Kristen was also arrested and charged with battery. The charges led Kevin to be indefinitely suspended by the WWE for violating the company's domestic abuse policy. The first high-profile suspension by the company since the guidelines were updated in the wake of the NFL's Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson scandals. Kevin's suspension will be lifted two days later. Three years ago, 2015, NorthJersey.com reported that the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, would likely close at the end of the month. The building opened as the Brendan Byrne Arena in 1981 to accommodate the NBA's New York Nets, moving to New Jersey. It also became the home of the NHL's New Jersey Devils when they moved from Colorado in 1982. It sat right across the street from Meadowlands Stadium, and the stadium that replaced it in 2010, MetLife Stadium, the home of the NFL's New York Giants and New York Jets. In 1996, Continental Airlines bought the name of rights to the building and was renamed Continental Airlines Arena. In 2007, the clothing company ISOD took over the name of rights after the New Jersey Devils left the building for the Prudential Center in Newark. Following the 2009 season, the Nets left as well, first for Newark and then for the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. The building played host to four Stanley Cup Finals, two NBA Finals, the 1996 NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four, and three SummerSlam events, 1989-1997, which was the first televised wrestling event from the state after immediate tax was lifted, and also in 2007, and was actually set to host a fourth that summer. With the closure, the event was moved to Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, where, it had, where it's been for the last two years. The building actually closed in March 2015, the days after it hosted its final event, the Ringling Brothers Circus. In August 2016, the New Jersey Sports and Exposition Authority, the building's owners, and the Prudential Center, which was the hosting rights, has the hosting rights for all the events in the building through the end of this year, end of uh, added through the end of last year, agreed to make a venue, make the venue venue a rehearsal facility for musical acts. The building is closed to the public. <clears throat> Today is a happy 32nd birthday uh, to pro wrestler and slash mixed martial artist Matthew Frederick Riddle, or just simply Matt Riddle. Born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and growing up in Saratoga Springs, New York, Riddle was a state and national wrestling champion for Saratoga High School in his senior year. He wrestled for two years in college and for East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania, but when his wrestling coach was fired, he lost his scholarship. 
It was then Riddle turned to MMA, working as a roofer. He made little or no money, so he could not train in a gym. He learned it from a book, E.J. Penn's Mixed Martial Arts, The Book of Knowledge. He took that knowledge with him to the seventh season of The Ultimate Fighter in 2008. In his qualifying match, he defeated Dan Similar early in the second round in what was called one of the biggest knockouts in the show's history. Riddle was eliminated via submission in the tournament's first round by Tim Cruder. Cruder, who made it to the Final Four, bought Riddle an Xbox 360 with his winnings. Riddle had issues in the house with Dante Rivera, with the more experienced Rivera saying on multiple occasions that he would retire if Riddle defeated him. Riddle, in his official professional MMA debut, defeated Rivera at the Ultimate Fighter 7 finale via unanimous decision. Rivera didn't make good on his promise to retire, but he was released by the UFC. Riddle would go on to win nine of his 12 UFC fights, but two of them were overturned to no contest. A submission win over Chris Clement at UFC 149 in July 2012, and a split decision win over Che Mills at UFC on Field TV in February of 2013 due to failing post-match positive drug tests. The two failed tests in such a short time span ending his time in the UFC. At the time of his release, he was actually third all-time in takedown defense at 89.3%. After signing with Bellator MMA in May 2013, Riddle cracked his rib and had to pull out of an upcoming welterweight tournament. He briefly retired, but came out of retirement to fight at Bellator 109. The fight never took place as Riddle pulled out a second time and was subsequently released without ever competing for the promotion. Matt's final MMA bout came for Titan FC against another former UFC fighter in Michael Coupier in February 2014. That won via guillotine choke. Riddle was expected to challenge for the vacant TFC welterweight title in August, but the fight never happened. His opponent, Jose Lande Johns, had visa issues while Riddle had an injury. In October 2014, Riddle began transitioning to professional wrestling. He debuted for the New Jersey-based Monster Factory in February 2015. Just five months later, he would win their heavyweight title. He soon signed with the World Wrestling Network to participate in October's Evolve events, which got him a tryout with WWE. Though nothing came of his WWE tryout, Riddle continued to pile up his resume. In January 2016, Riddle won the Evolve-style battle tournament. That April, he signed a long-term deal with WWN, Evolve's parent company. <clears throat> in October, he debuted for the Southern, Cal- Southern California-based Pro Wrestling Guerrilla for their annual Battle of Los Angeles tournament. He was ousted in the first round by Kyle O'Reilly. In October, he debuted for House of Glory in a losing effort to Cody Rhodes. October of last year. Uh, Saturday, um, Last year, Riddle debuted for British-based promotion Revolution Pro Wrestling, and also he challenged Katsuyori Shibata for the undisputed British heavyweight title. Riddle is a father of three with twin daughters and a son. I mean, Joan, that's all the that's all the birthdays um, um, that that we have there. So happy. Happy 32nd birthday to, like I said, to Matt Riddle. Uh, great competitor there, competitor there in folks. Uh, let's go ahead, of course, give you our give you our take, of course, on 
what will be taking place here this week here in the WWS Radio Network here, ladies and gentlemen. First off, we'll go ahead and tell you about t- tomorrow afternoon, of course, the Monday afternoon tradition, WWS Raw Radio. Of course, join King and W.O. Duarte Smith, the Ice Manager, D. Geronimo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, as well as, well as a plethora of guests, as they, of course, talk about professional wrestling in all shapes and forms, with, of course, the wrestling news and views of the day. John will also bring you wrestling history from not only uh, tomorrow, but also from this weekend there as well. As a recap of what I've, I've already mentioned on Power Hour yesterday and during our promo here just now. Also, of course, uh, they'll be taking part in other, other activities. I'm sure, like I said, the Royal Rumble will be another point of discussion that will be discussed. Um, no, another point, another topic that will be discussed, no doubt. Uh, hopefully, they'll have some more folks on here to give their opinions about everything. Plus, also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, talking about tomorrow night's edition of Monday Night Raw, they'll give their thoughts on the on, on what the, they think the rating is going to be. Plus, also, of course, their thoughts on what the main event is going to be for tomorrow night's Raw. Plus, also, of course, as as they've been doing every single night, uh, JD every single Monday, JD and, and the gang will be also be bringing in their thoughts and opinions on uh, who they think will win the um, Monday Night Football game there as well. So join Gerard, J.D., John, and the rest of the gang for WWS Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon at five, uh, from 3 to 5 right here on Talk Show. Call ID 138-744-POUND. Be sure not to miss out on that. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, will be our Double Dose Part 1. First off, join King Ice. Of course, King and W.O. and the Iceman as they once again hop into, into the WWS time machine and bring you another moment from wrestling history. A uh, paper a uh, pay per view from the past, a match from the past, a moment, a past wrestling moment. You never know what they'll be talking about, folks. But be sure to join them before. <clears throat> be sure to join their big big time discussion here. As also they'll be no doubt bring out what took place on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night, or what will take place tomorrow night uh, on Raw as well. So be sure to join them for Wrestling Revisited Tuesday night from seven to eight right here on Talk Show at Call ID is <clears throat> 139-926-POUND. Next up here, folks, will be, of course, I'll be coming back in with WWUS Revolution. Of course, we'll be bringing you the latest wrestling news and views. Um, and also, John, will be bringing you the latest wrestling history and birthdays for Tuesday. Plus, also, we'll give our thoughts and opinions about what took place on, what will take place on Monday Night Raw uh, <clears throat> tomorrow night on Tuesday night. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, per what you heard on heard on Revolution this past Friday night, there will be a number one contenders match to determine who will to to determine a number one contender to the AWA US World Heavyweight Championship, as the Human Suplex Machine John Gross and the Last Kicker and Marie Rickenbach have now have set their sights after after coming coming very very close in the big fatal. The big fatal four-way match here this past week. <clears throat> uh, they both have one opportunity to go after that belt. So John and Ann are going to face each other to and, and under wrestling jeopardy rules to see who will who will buy for the AWA US World Title. And of course, it's, uh, Heartbreak Kid Fonzie and the AWA US Champion, the Iceman Jared Dijuamo, will be of course uh, special guest judges. As well to, to give their to give their take on their thoughts and opinions on and on answers that both John and Ann give during the bout. So 
So it'll, it'll be a very big, big time night here, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, also our live feed for TZ's Revolution will be coming from GWS, a whole new impact. Of course, the former group that the group that used to be it was the former TNA US group. Uh, be sure to join us for that there as well. One three eight zero five five pound this Tuesday night from nine to eleven p.m. Be sure to join us for this coming Tuesday night's edition of Revolution. Next up, of course, Wednesday or Triple Threat Wednesday. Of course, we will start off the WWS Outside the Ropes, as myself and the Iceman Jared D. Geraldo will be bringing you the latest news from around the pop culture scene. Of course, through our friends at Four Eleven Mania and also other sources as well. AD, of course, will be bringing you some stories from uh, from the box office report to any sports news making the, making the rounds there as well. And then plus, we'll get JD in the hot seat there for another hot seat movie trivia challenge. Uh, we may have some more visitors coming in. You never know. So be sure to join myself and the Iceman for Outside the Ropes this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30 right here on TalkShoe. Call ID <clears throat> 141-387-POUND. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, join the NWO Madness Kingdom, of course, which is with King NWO, the Iceman, and also the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds for another episode of WWS Wrestling Debate. As they, as they discuss and debate over several wrestling topics of the day. Of course, also they'll talk about, no doubt, talk about Raw from tomorrow night and also SmackDown from Tuesday night. Um, they'll, anything will be brought up there as well. So be sure to join in for, rest, for, for wrestling debate this Wednesday night from 8 to 9 right here on Talk Shoot. Call ID 139-925-POUND. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back on, of course, with the Wednesday edition of WWS Revolution. Our live video feed will be from WWS Dynasty. Of course, we'll have our wrestling news and views and history and birthdays as well. Uh, plus, we'll also <clears throat> be talking about what took place uh, Tuesday night. Of course, uh, our thoughts and opinions on what took place on SmackDown Live this coming Tuesday. Uh, plus, some other fun stuff there as well. So be sure to join us for Revolution. This Wednesday night from 9 to 11, right here on Talk Shoe, as we said, 138055 pound. This Thursday night, of course, be sure to join us for the second installment of NWO Wolfpack. Of course, our live video feed will be from um, our Ring of Honor tribute group, ROHUS Honor of the Ring, as, of course, we'll be talking about, we're talking about, of course, the, going through the latest wrestling news and views of the day. Plus, also, of course, uh, John will bring you once again the history and birthdays for for this coming Thursday. Plus, also some some this Royal Rumble coming around the horizon. We'll be tight. We'll be throwing out some more uh, throwing out some more thoughts and opinions about what will be taking place at the Royal Rumble. Also, of course, a few little wrestling extras coming up. Of course, a few little um, like said, some wrestling moments, including <clears throat> like said, wrestling Jeopardy, fancy matchups. You name it, we'll definitely talk about it. So be sure to join us for NWO Wolfpack this Thursday night from 9 to 11. Call ID 138-521-POUND. This Friday, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to join us once again for the Friday edition of WWUS Revolution. Of course, our live video feed will be coming from our New Japan Pro Wrestling Trivia Group, NJPWUS Forever Honorable. Uh, wrestling news and views and history and birthdays, of course, will be the big-time uh, big time uh, topics be time topics to start off the show. Also, we'll be having some more stuff taking place as well, so be sure to join us for Revolution this Friday night from 9 to 11, 138055 pound towards the Mothership Broadcast Revolution. 
And of course, this Saturday afternoon at five, this coming Saturday afternoon at five p.m., sure to go us once again for another episode of WWF Power Hour, as myself and the Iceman will be talking about what took place on all of our shows this coming week here in the radio network. Plus, <clears throat> plus also, uh, I'll be bringing you some wrestling. I will also be bringing you the wrestling history from for this coming Saturday, as well as of course a few little news tidbits that are making rounds. As well as right now, we just still don't have our talk show downloads up to date here yet. So hopefully, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to get that up to date here as soon as we possibly can. So we'll keep you informed about that as it develops. The Power Hour will be back on this coming Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. Call ID one four one three six four pound for that. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There with our with all well, with all that will take place during our shows tomorrow. Uh, between tomorrow afternoon and, of course, this weekend. Um, like I said, be sure to listen to all as well. I have, of course, phone number for all the shows, ladies and gentlemen, one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. And let's go ahead and let's see what we have going on, see if we have any news coming in. Uh, of course, through our friends at 411 Mania. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, 411 Mania. Uh, of course, our friends of the WWS Radio Network. <clears throat> and... And we thank them for allowing us to read their stories on all of our shows here each and every day during the week here. Everything from Revolution, Wolfpack, Outside the Ropes, and all of our and all of our other shows here as well. Excuse me. Uh, let's see what's making the rest of the news scene here. Uh, There, ladies and gentlemen, I'll take care of stuff. Okay, there you go. Uh, hmm. Well, several stories making the rounds here. Uh, Jeffrey Harris brings us a story right here. A former WWE referee reveals how John Cena's 2008 Royal Rumble return was kept secret. WrestleMania.com recently spoke to former WWE referee Marty Elias, who was one of the ringside referees for the 2008 Royal Rumble. This was the Rumble where John Cena made a standing return as the 30th man to enter the Rumble. Cena was previously out on the sidelines with a pectoral tear injury that needed surgery. He was expected to be off television for about six months to a year. Instead, he made a miraculous comeback about three months later at the 2008 Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Elias stated on Cena's return, he says, I was, only, I was one of only a handful of people who knew he was coming back and was going to win the Rumble. Cena was hidden all day, and when it was time for him to enter, he was, he was walked through the hallway, covered so no one knew it was him. So very, very interesting there, folks. Uh, hmm. Uh, story here coming from the, coming from a, an Impact, from, from a GFW here, Impact here. Uh, the Impact News here, names backstage at Impact taping. Also, the Redemption pay-per-view logo has been revealed. Some names are backstage at, tonight, at tonight's taping of Impact Wrestling, according to Jeremy Thomas at 411 Mania. 
PWI Insider reports that EC3, who was granted an early release following yesterday's taping, is backstage. Nick Aldis, Tim Storm, and Dave Lagana are also at the taping filming footage for use in NWA material, though not for impact. At the taping, the logo for the upcoming Redemption pay-per-view was shown on the Tron. The pay-per-view takes place on April 22nd, and there's a link to the logo right here via uh, at Mr. Jacob Cohen. Uh, it was posted today there if you want to check out his uh, Twitter account there, folks. Uh, So let's see here. Um, that's the story making, of course, from the realms of outside the ropes. Let's go ahead and bring this right here. As once again, the sexual harassment stories continue to develop here, folks. Aziz Ansari has been accused of sexual misconduct. Master of None co-creator and star Aziz Ansari has been accused of sexual misconduct in an incident that allegedly happened last year. Babe has the account of the women who is using the pseudonym Grace and describes herself as a 23-year-old photographer. Grace told the site that she met Ansari while taking pictures at the 2017 Emmy Awards at After Party. She said they bonded over Ansari's camera and exchanged phone numbers. Ansari allegedly asked her out on a date on September 25th, and they met at his apartment in Tribeca before walking to the Oyster Bar Grand Banks. Grace said they left soon after, describing Ansari as being eager to leave. When the waiter came over, he quickly asked for the check, and he said, like, let's get off this boat. She said, noting she was surprised by the abruptness, like he got the check, and then it was, and then it was bada-boom, bada-bing, we're out of there. Once he got out to his apartment, the situation escalated quickly, and he tried to kiss her. Then there was a brief exchange of oral sex that he initiated and then asked her, to, to do, adding, it was really it was really quick. Everything was pretty much touched and done within 10 minutes of hooking up except for actual sex. Grace said that she tried to express her disinterest by pulling away and mumbling, among other cues, but that he kept following her around the room and putting his fingers in her mouth to wet them. Because the moment he stepped my fingers in my throat, he'd go straight from my vagina and tried to finger me. She claimed that at one point after excusing herself and going to the bathroom to collect herself, I said, I don't want to feel forced because then I'll hate you and I'd rather not hate you. She said she said that Ansari appeared to understand initially, but then continued to press the issue, putting her hand on his genitals several several times. She said that he only backed off when she emphatically said no after he'd bent her over in front of a mirror. Grace said at that point it really hit me that I was violated. I felt really emotional all at once when we sat down there. That whole experience was actually horrible. And sorry, called her a cab, called her car after, and she said she cried the entire trip home. She said, and sorry, she sent and sorry a text afterwards, playing her discover saying, last night might have been fun for you, but it wasn't for me. When we got out to your place, you ignored clear, nonverbal cues. You kept going with advances. You have to, you had to have noticed I was uncomfortable. She explained she was telling him this, but that maybe the next girl doesn't have to cry on the ride home. 
He said, I'm sorry. It replied, clearly I misread things in the moment, and I'm truly sorry. Grace told the site, I believe that I was taken advantage of by a seize. I was not listened to and ignored. It was by far the worst experience with a man I ever had. She said she decided to speak up after she saw him with a Time's Up pin at the Golden Globes, where he won Best Actor in a Comedy for Master of None. A video with alleged screenshots of the conversation is below, and Sorry has yet to comment on the story. And this is what this is what was said right here. Twenty-three year twenty-three year old Grace went on a date with Aziz and Sorry in September. Turned out to be the worst time of her life. She told Babe.net and Sorry pulled pulled her hand towards his penis multiple times and kept doing it after I moved it away. She says she remembers him asking again and again, where do you want me to F you? Throughout the course of the night, she says she used verbal and nonverbal cues to indicate how unhappy she was. This is a conversation between them the following day where Grace tells Ansari how incredible he made her feel, saying you ignored clear nonverbal cues and kept going with advances. And, of course, the story, the full story is on babe.net. Folks, if you want to check that out, yeah, definitely... Uh, Definitely do that. And I don't know when these people are going to learn. I don't know how how these people are going to learn here, folks. You know, know, this whole thing has really gotten way out of hand ever since the Harvey Weinstein situation took place. You know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of, like I said, situations take place. And it was... And one other uh, outside-the-rope story that we'll bring you here tonight. Uh, uh, this was put out yesterday by Four Eleven Mania, Four Eleven Mania Jeffrey Harris. But we'll read it tonight, just in case anyone did not have an opportunity to to, to see it here before. Mark Wahlberg donated all the money in the world reshoot salary to Times Up Legal Defense Fund. TMZ reports that Mark Wahlberg and his agency, WME, are donating money to the Times Up Legal Defense Fund after the actor came under controversy for receiving an additional $1.5 million to participate in reshoots for all the money in the world. The topic recently gained notoriety as a symbolic of the gender pay gap issue in Hollywood. Since Williams is the lead in the film, but was paid less than Wahlberg. And talking, about, talking about his co-star Michelle Williams. Williams portrays the lead role in the film in Gail Harris and has higher billing than Wahlberg. However, when producers asked Williams to take part in reshoots for the film, she agreed without getting an additional fee. However, Wahlberg reportedly asked for additional finances to take part in the reshoots. As Rep is quoted as saying, he doesn't work for free. As a result of the controversy, Wahlberg is reportedly donated the $1.5 million he received to Time's Up. WME is also donating $500,000. Wahlberg stated on the news, I 100% support the site for fair pay, and I'm donating the $1.5 million to the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund in Michelle Williams' name. Further reports, sources familiar with the actor's contract claim that Williams' contract required her to do research as part of her salary. However, Wahlberg's deal for the film allegedly did not. 
Additionally, both factors are represented by the same talent agency in WME. So there you have it there, folks. Very interesting there indeed. Uh, of course, as we we have one more here. We've got bring up here Jeremy Thomas support brand of the story right here. Jamie Lee Curtis on Eliza Dushku's true life sexual assault claims, and she says it's a horrific new reality. And here is the story right here, folks. As soon as we can get that up, we'll bring it here too. Jamie Lee Curtis has written an op uh, an op ed discussion discussion her thoughts on Eliza Dushku's sexual assault allegations against True Lies against the stunt coordinator for the movie True Lies. In the piece on Huff Post, her said that Dushku told her a few years ago in private about the alleged sexual assault at the hands of Joel Kramer when she was 12. She said, I was shocked and saddened then and still am today. Curtis notes, Liza's story has now awakened us, us from our denial slumber to a new horrific reality, the abuse of children. She said that having served the, in the role of mother characters to many Hollywood stars, she knows that it is a compensated relationship. Working with children is are being asked to do adult work with you in an adult field. It's right about hundreds of adults who want them to perform for them, and yet are still inherently children. I have wrestled with my role as a mentor, colleague, surrogate, and friend, and each relationship is individual and unique. Are we really friends? Are we workmates? Children are not mature enough to recognize that subtle difference. She pointed out that rules regarding the safety of children is often broken. Just having teachers and adult family members or surrogates on set at all times and rules that need to be followed. Curtis added the following. What compounds the difficulty here is that the stunt coordinator in question was literally in charge of our lives, our safety. Stunts always require an enormous amount of trust, and on that movie in particular, we all were often suspended by wires and harnesses very high in the air. All of us must take some responsibility at the loose and relaxed camaraderie that we share with our young performers has carried with it a misguided assumption that there are adults in the adult world capable of making adult choices, she said. Many of us involved in true lives were parents, Jim, Arnold, and myself, parents of daughters, what allegedly happened to Eliza away from the safety net of all of, all of us all of us in our purview is a terrible, terrible thing to learn about and have to reconcile. Curtis joins True Lies director James Cameron in discussing Dushku's allegations. Cameron sat the TCA and went to press tour. Eliza's very brave for speaking up. I think all the women that are speaking up and calling for reckoning now are brave. He noted he was unaware of the incident and added, had I known about it, there would have been no mercy. I have three daughters. There'd be no mercy now. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's heating up here, here, you know, as someone as, as someone is, like I said, taking a stand, and another 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 young talent is taking a stand on the, during this whole issue here. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're just have to just do our best to keep keep our eyes open on every on everything here, and so we'll. And once if we have more on the store, we will definitely let you know about it as soon as we possibly can. On that note here, folks, we do thank you for listening listening to our promo here tonight. 
And, of course, please enjoy all of our shows here this week here in the WWS Radio Network. Like we said, Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon, 138744-pound. Tuesday, Tuesday night, of course, will be Wrestling Revisited, 139926-pound. <clears throat> and also Revolution, 138055-pound. On Wednesday, of course, will be Outside the Ropes, 141387-pound. Uh, Wrestling the Best in debate, 139.925-pound. And, of course, Revolution again, as we said, 138.055. Thursday, NWO Wolfpack, 138.521-pound. And, of course, Revolution on Friday, 138.055-pound. Uh, and, of course, Power Hour, 141.364-pound as well. On that note here, folks, we do thank you for listening in here tonight. Be sure to, like I said, listen to all of our shows here and check out all of our groups here in the radio and the WWS stable of groups. Uh, like I said, any thoughts and opinions they have on anything, please let us know, and we will look at it and see what we can do to to, to uh, make it look good for you. So this is Mr. W- Mr. WWS chatting. Charles saying thank you very much for listening tonight, and we'll be back on tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock. Of course, Gerard, JD, and John will bring you WWS Raw Radio one three eight seven four four pound from three to five p.m. This has been a promotion of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling and pop culture connection. Everyone, please take care of yourselves and each other. We'll definitely see you in the ring as well as the red on the red carpet. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, God bless everyone and have a terrific evening. Good night, all. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.